Welcome to Lost in Translations. I'm your host, Michael, and I am joined today with Rachel Louise Akin, and we are talking about The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Savon. This is translated from the Spanish by Lucia Graves, and my edition is by Text Publishing. I'm Rachel Louise Atkin and I'm a master's student and I also have a booktube channel um, and I love reading mostly American literature um, which I'm specialising in at the moment um, but I will basically read anything but I'm definitely trying to get more into translated literature yeah, from I'll... your, uh, you know. <laughs> yes, your influence. <laughs> Yeah, but also like um, my flatmate, um, she's really into translated literature as well. Like she recently read uh, Death in Spring um, and she made it sound really, really good. That's so, cool. Yep. She should have a booktube channel. I keep telling her she has a blog, but she's not, I don't think she has a booktube channel, but she has a blog, so you should uh, uh, read a blog. Cause definitely, she, yeah. you have to link me to it because I definitely want to check oh, yeah, it out. Yeah, I will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes as well. Cool. And you're doing your master's at the moment? Um, yeah, I'm at the University of Sheffield. Um, I'm doing my dissertation um, at the moment. Finished all my other assignments, but I'm writing my dissertation on um, excessive consumption in uh, the Brat Pack fiction. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, just an excuse to read some Brad Easton <laughs> again, I think. <laughs> Basically. I already wrote about him in my... Um, my other uh, essay, we did it on the city. So obviously, I wrote about American Psycho. Of so, course, you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know most of it's Brat Pack related, but you do read some translations, in particular existential novels. Yes, and like I'm into Russian literature, which I've not read it in a while, but I really do. I really love Russian literature, and then um like all the French stuff, like Camus and Sartre and stuff. Um, yeah, well, so that's where a lot of my translated comes from. So, Yeah, yeah. I, I had a look at your Goodreads and it's mostly American lit because of your study, yeah, obviously. Of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you did read a book that I think we both hated, and that was A Horse Walked Into a Bar. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't hate it, but uh, something was just... Off. like I feel like when because when cause I borrowed it off my flatmate as well because she read as I said she reads a lot of translated stuff um and when she was kind of describing the plot to me the plot sounded so interesting and the way she yeah. was yeah like the way she the said like oh, it's about, kind of live up to what the plot would have yeah, been exactly like, like bad joke I don't yeah. want to read bad jokes <laughs> basically yeah like the idea was such a good idea um, but it was just a, it's very difficult to get through and I kept having to kind of just put it down um, which was not really what I wanted to be doing because obviously it's set over like yeah. one you know thing and I thought oh I can read it in kind of one day or one sitting or something but I kept trying to not go back to it because it was so awkward yeah yeah I had the same experience I thought it would 
it was heavy, but I think the jokes just kind of weren't landing well enough. Like watching yeah. a bad comedy act. Yeah. And yeah, I think he was doing that to like to the audience, but it was also like going to the reader as well. Yeah. So yeah. A lot of people loved it, which is cool by me, but uh, didn't really work. Yeah, that was. I think I get why people did really like it because I think the idea was very original. Yeah, um, yeah, but, definitely but, an original yeah. idea. I definitely have to read some more David Graceman. Yeah, I would as well. I'd like to read more of his stuff. Yeah, I don't know what to read though. Has I'd probably have to else? ask people that have yeah. read heaps of his stuff what to recommend. Yeah. So you read The Existentialists and The Russians. Are there any favourites uh-huh. of yours? Definitely Nausea. Um Nausea, is one of my favourite yeah. novels. Yeah. Um I and I'll like talk about that a lot. That I'll have to read a thousand times and I still won't understand everything in it. Yeah, 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 basically. Like I read it um can't remember how long ago I read it for the first time. I think it was about three years, but then I reread it um, a few months ago as well. And it's just, I just think the language is so, like, something about the language I just absolutely love. And then I love the, yeah. you know, the setting and everything. And just everything seemed to kind of come together. And it had a lot of aspects about a novel that I really, really loved. And then obviously the existential themes as well. Yeah. Um, the men's intelligent. I wish I had just a fraction of his intelligence. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. What's your favourite Russian? My favourite Russian is, I don't know, I'm trying to think because I loved Master Margarita and I think that's probably my favourite. Even though I read Carmen Punishment, I read Carmen Punishment recently and I loved that, but I think Master Margarita just just gets better. Yeah, I think Master Margarita is kind of in your wheelhouse. Yeah. Yeah, it was so surreal, and I was like, "This is great! I love it! Like, it does make sense, but it's the best." So, yes. yeah, well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, any other favorites? Um, I'm just trying to look at my bookshelf and trying to see if there's any. I don't know. I'm just. I, I really need to just get on reading more because I've got um, Judas to read, which I know is a translated. Work. Yeah. Um. Oh, the um the vegetarian was a really one I really enjoyed. That's Korean, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's, that's and I really, yeah, I really like that. I was reading my review of it again, uh, like last night, um, and I've just it just kind of made me kind of remember how much I did really enjoy the vegetarian because I thought the translation was great, um, and just the just how weird it was as well. Like Master Margarita, it was so kind of surreal. Um, so I really, really liked the vegetarian. Yeah, there's been a lot of complaints about the translation of the vegetarian. People really? are complaining about the accuracy, like she translates okay. words that, but she's changed the word, I think, more to suit an English audience and it doesn't yeah. seem very accurate. Do you prefer yeah. accuracy or? Um, um, I don't know. I think it's really kind of, you have to kind of trust the translator like with that. And yeah. I think obviously they got the translator, an English translator, because they're going to market specific copy to an English audience. So I don't see why there is a problem with it being adapted to an English audience if that is being sold in England. Um but then again I do get I do get why people would want a more um accurate to the original language. But I think uh, if if I think it's kind of about making it more accessible to an English audience at the moment because it you know it it wasn't I don't know how famous it was, but I think if you make it more accessible to English speakers then it would kind of make it a bit more popular with people because I'd feel like they could kind of get to grips with it more 
and it wouldn't scare people off or anything, the fact that it's a translation. Yeah, well, I feel like translations is more of an art form and yeah. trying to keep the beauty and try to make it accessible is the translator's job. I think if you want accuracy, yeah. you can just use Google Translate. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Yeah, I think I, I much prefer it when they take the time to try and capture the voice and the style of the author rather than trying to go for accuracy. Yeah, I think that because I think one thing that always comes to mind when I think about different translations is when I read um, Dante's Inferno. Um, and obviously there's that one like really famous line um, that like American Psycho opens with this really famous line. And as I was reading um, the poem, uh, I, I kind of realised that that line wasn't even in there because the translator had translated it to something really different. Um, yeah. But it kind of worked better within the stanza and stuff and it worked better within the the verse and everything so yeah as you said it's more to do with like interpretation of how it works within the new translation and then again how it works translation and stuff so it's definitely i'll definitely agree that it's an art form and you do have to think about it um as kind of a bigger picture yeah definitely i think with the evolution of english language all the new translations seem very necessary yeah. But then the joy of being able to reread a book in a different translation and get something slightly different is always fun as well. Yeah, I get I get that because, as you said, with the English language growing and stuff, I think it is important to kind of keep, maybe like every, every like 10 years or something, keep kind of retranslating all of the old ones to kind of suit how the English language has changed. Because I think if you get um, like a really old say Russian novel that is that was translated in the 50s or something into English it definitely wouldn't be as kind of easy for you to get to grips with I don't think so yeah definitely it's really important I think to kind of keep up with that evolution um and stuff just so it's as I said because I think people are very scared of translated fiction and I think a way of combating that is to keep kind of refining it to modern English and kind of keeping it up to date and relevant and so people are more inclined to kind of be like oh I would read it because it kind of suits me and it suits the era of language that I'm in. Yeah well I never get the way that people are scared of translations I feel like there's so many different books out there that have been translated and maybe they're not aware it's translated and I think that's probably why we chose the book to read now is because I want to be able to show people that there are books out there that are translated and easy to read and even if we destroy the book yeah yeah, it's still something people love and it's still one of those easy ones to get to to dip your toe into translations I think yeah I think it is I I don't like from reading translation now how much I do read it more than I used to I get now how I don't I get now how how you feel how like why are people scared translation because as you said you could easily read a book that has a very very good translation of its old language and not realize that it's been translated so yeah I do think the more you do read translated stuff um the easier it is to realize that it's just so much it's so less intimidating than you might think it is and I do think that because like American lit and English lit dominates the literary scene so much it's so easy for translated books to go under the radar so I think like good kind of translations and really like you know meaningful translations and stuff really helps for translated lit to kind of become more mainstream and stuff which I think it should be 
I don't think it should be less accessible. Yeah, well, I find it strange when something like Macbeth by UNESCO, which is the translation, comes out and it's a big hit, but there's no yeah. mention whatsoever that it is. I mean, so, I thought maybe he wrote it in English, even though I knew he was a Scandinavian author. I thought maybe this is his first English book. And I had to really look to find if it was translated. See, like I didn't even know it was or anything. Yeah, the yeah. websites and everything don't mention it at all. I, that's probably because, like, they market it as, like, part of that Hogarth Shakespeare, don't they? I think they want yeah. to kind of market it as, like, an English, like, thing because it's Shakespeare, which is probably why they try and, like, yeah. like, skirt around the fact that it's translated, which is odd. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, like, a lot of those books you see, the big translations, they don't mention translations at all yeah I, I, I think that's kind of doing to... a disservice to the whole marketing for translation yeah i think the marketing for translations has grown a lot because now like whenever i go into a bookshop now there's usually quite a big section on translated yeah. fiction which is really good to see so i think it's, it's kind of climbing up yeah, the ladder it's pretty exciting. Yeah, I think it's all thanks it to the small press as well. Yeah, a lot of definitely. the bigger publishers are not willing to take that risk, but the small press are bringing out some amazing books. Mm-hmm. It's that way you can find a press you like and know that you're going to find some amazing stuff. Yeah, like I think they all that do a lot of translated stuff. And then I think Penguin, it's good I think Penguin are kind of getting on the bandwagon as well, actually. That they're they've released um, like with Deaf in Spring they've released kind of the new um, translated stuff and then they've got their own kind of covers for like translated things and I can't remember what the covers look like but I found that I found them in like a, a bookshop the other day and they've got kind of specific um, cover designs and specific put like things that they publish that are um, like a translated lit series and stuff which I think is good that a yeah. big publisher is kind of getting more in with translated fiction and rather just smaller publishers that maybe don't have that kind of uh, influence and stuff that they do. Yeah, definitely. It'd be good to see more of it. I think there's still only about 3% of all English books published uh, translation. Yeah, only 3%. Yeah, that, that's about the figure. I don't know if it's gone up recently, but that's what they say. There is just so much that's being published. Cr- yeah, that's crazy. You would think, you would hope that, you know, seems as we're in a very big world full of a lot of different languages that there'd be more translated things to read that's quite weird to think about it i think oh definitely so your favorite author called the shadow of the wind one glorious read yeah so i read it like for the first time um a few when was it a month ago or something yeah about Um, a month ago and i reread it yeah yeah yeah. how was your reread of it was it different to your first well, read. the first time I read it was about 2011, and I loved it. I thought it was mm-hmm. an amazing book. But I was a fellow new reader. I only started reading in about 2009, so this was still fellow new to my discovery of reading and discovering what I like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I found it fascinating. I liked the atmosphere, and I thought there was so much going on. There was a bit of everything happening in the story. Yeah, I felt like that as well. I used to use it as a recommendation, default recommendation, because it had a little bit of everything. It had a bit of mystery and romance and a bit of the gothic, which is always good. Mm, Yeah. But rereading it, I had a different experience. What was it like? Did you prefer it less? Yeah, definitely. I thought it was a bit flat. Like, I wanted more. I, I... kind of expect more in my reading now and I feel like it didn't give me any depth yeah and I wanted depth I like 
to learn, I like to experience and understand the world a bit better through my literature. And I feel like it didn't really give me that. And Daniel is so creepy. Yeah, see, yeah, I found it quite, yeah, just something that wasn't there for me, which was strange because it's got so much hype. And I remember when I first kind of started watching BookTube before before I was making videos, when I was just watching. When I was in college, actually, which was about five years ago, I remember everyone was talking about The Shadow of the Wind and every BookTuber that I watched would had read it and they would all talk really highly of it. And I would literally kind of go into a bookshop and look at it um, and think, oh, I should buy it. Or I'd go into a library and be like, oh, I should borrow it. And I did that. Finally. Years, I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually have read it now. Um, but yeah, I think I think I've come at it pretty late. And because my again, my flatmate who read it when she first read it when she was young, she like raced through it, um, and she absolutely loved it. But it took me quite a while to really start fully enjoying it. Yeah. It took me about halfway through to actually be like, oh, I'm really enjoying reading this now. Like the first half. I was just kind of tolerating it, which I found was strange for everything that I've heard about it before. Yeah, I think for if you read books for plot, then this is definitely a book to read. But I feel yeah. like the characters weren't really developed as much as I'd like them to be. And I feel like there yeah, wasn't any underlying themes and stuff to push the novel the way I would like it to go. And honestly, The Shadow of the Wind by the fictional author, that book sounded so much better. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I want to read that one. It sounded fun. <laughs> yeah, that, that, uh, that, that sounded like, a, I can't remember the author's name, Julian, I think. Uh, Julian Carax? Yeah, Carax, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, I wanted to read that book. <laughs> um, I think I get what you mean with the characters not being developed. Um like I felt like no one's actions seemed to be out of character because it felt like there wasn't a character, if that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like, and I know, was like, yeah. like there was the hero and the damsel in distress. Yeah. Like, they were just strange. the tormented author. Yeah, they were all just yeah. this character that, like, just a standard, oh, this is the, the author that is struggling with his own tortured soul. So that's his character. That's it. Yeah, I think definitely he played off archetypes a lot. Yeah, definitely. And you know, you can you can probably map the characters onto another book very well and kind of have the same character like appearing over and over again within, you know, how many other books and stuff. Um and I think I guess with the mystery and the plot, it did kind of maybe work having the archetypes in there because it was a very kind of, you know, mystery driven plot and I think the plot really helped from having those characters in it but at the same time they did feel very much like I'd read characters like that before and I don't know I don't know if it's because I don't know if Zafan didn't know how to characterize them or I don't know it's it's strange yeah I think he went from writing like really young adult type novels Mm -hmm. into this series and that kind of shows in this book a little yeah, because I read um, The Prince of Mist, which is one of his yeah. young adult ones. Yeah, I've read that one yeah. as well. I didn't like it. Yeah, I can't part. remember. Yeah, I didn't either. Like, I can't remember much because it was a long time ago I read it, but I just remember nothing much. Nothing very exciting was going on. No, no, this one had a lot of excitement 
And I think oh, definitely. Barcelona is an amazing city. And it just made me yeah, want to go back. Yeah, I think same. Like, I benefited. Like, I think we both benefited from having been to Barcelona. So oh, yeah. when he was talking about like, the Rambler and everything and the beach and stuff, it was like, oh, I've been there. And I think it's really nice to read about a city and to have it kind of gothicized as well. Yeah. It's really, really nice. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. Did it make you want to adopt a book? Yes, I want to adopt a book. I don't know which book. Oh, you have adopt. to choose your favourite. I bet I you'll can't be choose. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't choose a book to adopt. I think I'd want to adopt them all. Don't you have a favourite? No, uh, not really, no. That's odd. Everyone has a favourite. I feel like I have books that I love and... To call them my favourite, I think it would be depending on the mood I'm in. I mean, I love Frankenstein, I love Crime and Punishment or Master of Margarita. There's so many books that I love and it just kind of depends on the mood I am in or what I feel like. And I I want to reread them all the time. Yeah, like I always want to reread my favourites because I'm like that with movies where I don't really have a favourite movie. I'm like, whatever mood I'm in or whatever I just think of, that's my favourite yeah. movie. I have a special place in my heart for Frankenstein because it got me into reading and yeah. I probably read that the most. I really like Frankenstein because we studied Frankenstein in um, my first year of uni and I'd never studied it before. I'd only just kind of read it for pleasure. So it was good to look at it from an academic perspective. But I think it's just such a good story and that, like to get someone into reading i think it's a really good book to kind of start with yeah school probably ruins books for you oh god it does it just you'll never be able to read Brett and ellis again <laughs> oh god i know i don't know why i'm writing on them i ruined the new york trilogy by writing on that because now i, I hate it because it was so difficult it was such a great book though it's so good like it, I can't get over how good it was, but trying to write an essay was like trying to pin down air. It was like everything everything I argued was kind of counter, like argued on the next page because there's kind of nothing yeah. in that novel that isn't just contradicted and then like re and, and intertwined with other stuff. And it was just such a chore to try and form some factual argument about it but it's still a really good book I really love it yeah would you read any more of Carlos Rousseffon's books maybe the next in the Cemetery of Forgotten Books trilogy or anything yeah. like that yeah I'm going to read um, Angel's Game is that the next one Angel Game and then I think it's The Prisoners of Heaven yeah I do definitely want to read um, Angel's Game because like from what I've heard it's kind of obviously it's not along the same vein but from the people that I know that have read both they've enjoyed the Angels game uh like very much the same that they enjoyed Shadow of the Wind and kind of by the end I did really I realized I did really enjoy reading uh Shadow of the Wind so I would yeah. give Angels game a try um and then there's the new like isn't the fourth one coming out the fourth like, one is soon. I think getting translated in English and yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure when it's going to be released i think it's in september it is really soon because um yeah. yeah my flatmate she's really excited about it because it's like huge or something and it's coming out in hardback here like very soon so i think maybe like the the hype around that i think pushed me yeah. into wanting to finish it i am curious i want to kind of reread angel's game and i haven't mm. even read because of heaven yet but maybe complete the series would be a good idea 
I'm yeah, hoping I think it get better. I'd be interested to see the way he develops as a writer. Hopefully he's grown. Yeah, yeah I think that would be good as well because I noticed a very big step up from um, Prince of Mist to Shadow of the Wind. So oh, I yeah, think, definitely. Yeah, so I think he'll probably get kind of better as it goes on as well. And he's got loads of other standalones that look really cool. Um, yeah, well, so, who doesn't want to read about a secret library? Exactly. So... I think I've got used to his writing now and I kind of like the direction that he takes with his books, I think. So I definitely want to read more of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you would recommend reading similar to this? Or I don't know. I'm trying to think of books about books, but the ones I have in mind, I know like you hate them. So I don't want no, to say You them. can recommend them, even if I hate them. <laughs> I hate most books. Um, that's true. You do hate most books. There was, uh, what is it called? Um, Mr. Penumbra's 24-hour bookstore is oh, a lot God. like this. You hated that. That was it's just a lot like... Google-saving book. <laughs> That's pretty much I the entire that. plot of the book. I finished that in two days because I couldn't stop reading because I was obsessed. Yeah. It was but clear it's, to I me think... that the author used to work for Google and he loves them. Yeah. Well, I think like... Yeah, I guess it was an advertisement for Google, that whole book, basically. But it is a book about books. And I think it was just so... I just found it really exciting because it's a mystery um, and he travels a lot. And I think if you like the kind of mystery elements and the kind of trying to decode stuff yeah. and all of that about Shadow of the Wind, it's a very kind of very modern digital version of it, maybe. Yeah. So that's why I recommend that. The- fictional book that you think can know of that you want to read uh fictional ones ones that yeah. don't exist yeah um, i don't know i'm trying to think of fictional books that exist like the only ones i can think of are from tv like in californication hank moody released god hates us all yeah which is uh they actually released it as a book. I actually you see, a lot of the thing, a lot of fictional books that appear in works, they actually end up being written, which is weird. Yeah, there's this TV show on at the moment called Younger. Yeah. Um, and they're releasing a book in that, it's about publishing, and they're releasing a book called The Marriage Vacation, and that's coming out. That's cool. Yeah, I'm afraid to read those types of books, though. You see, I think I'd be hate co- all, but I think David Tukovsky yeah. actually had a hand in writing it, and he's pretty decent. See, I'd be quite scared to actually read um, the actual Shadow of the Wind book. Yeah. If it was oh, on TV. If, if I did a promotional <laughs> thing, it would be terrible. Yeah. Oh, because it's hyped up so much just in that novel. Like, everyone falls in love with it, don't they? And I'm like... You'd be yeah. expecting to completely fall in love with it, so it, that would freak me out if I, if that they ever released that as an actual kind of book. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Uh, if it got more popular with the fourth one coming out, then I wouldn't put them past doing it. Yeah. What about just recommendations in general? Do you have any? Um, uh, I'll s- let me go on my good. <laughs> I'll go preferably translated. Right, I'll go on my Goodreads and see. What I've read recently, because I can't think at the moment. Uh, I can't remember anything that I've read. Some of your favourites, yeah. Let me see. I'm trying to think of other translated works that I've read. I mean, obviously, like Dante's Inferno is one of my favourites, and that's translated. Did you read the rest of them? No, I haven't read the rest of them because this is a really shallow reason. But my um, copy that I've got of Inferno is really like arty and 
pretty it's got these really pretty designs but they've not kind of released the matching ones too and i don't want to buy the other two like in the yeah. cover because it doesn't match like my cover of it because they're not out yet which is the reason that i've not bought them but i do there, really want to read the others there is this new well not probably not new at the moment but there's a new translation of dante's inferno with illustrations that have pop culture references all through it. Oh, that sounds awesome. Like you can see Cutman from South Park in Gluttony or oh. something like that. Oh, wow. I and really I thought that would be pretty cool it. to get just because of all the pop culture references through the book. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'd love that. That would be awesome. I have to link that to show notes as well. Definitely. It's one I've been wanting to get. I, I read the entire Dante trilogy. I definitely yeah. think Inferno is interesting a lot. Yeah. I think I'd like to read the other two just so I have read them. Complete them, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, just to complete them. Um, yeah, I'm trying to it's find... added your literary credibility if you haven't finished exactly. it. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I do want to read the rest. I'm still trying to find a book that's translated that I've read. The only one I can find that I've read recently is I read um, Andre Breton's Nadia. Um, okay, which yeah. I think, yeah, I think it was translated from the French and it's like one of the kind of first surrealist novels that came out, but it's also got photographs and drawings and stuff in it. It's like a kind of multi kind of interesting guy. I read his surrealist manifesto just because. Yeah, I've got that. I've got it out of the library. So yeah. I need to read that because yeah. I'm very interested in that. Yeah. Surrealism was, definitely yeah. sounds like your kind of thing. I love surrealism. It's the best. I've been wanting to read loads of surrealist writers. Like Lenora Carrington, I just read um, like a few of her stories. Um, she was like a surrealist painter and surrealist writer. And you know, Penguin came out with those like mini modern classics things. Um, they did one of Lenora Carrington's called Skeleton's Holiday. And it's just got like five of her short stories in there or something. But they're all so creepy and just so surreal and weird it was like you know you know surreal as in like master margarita surreal and stuff it was that, just that's awesome yeah it was awesome they were so good like the first um the first story is called like i think it's called white rabbit or something and it was just insane and it was just they're really unnerving but they're really cool so if you can read any of the nora carrington then i'd suggest reading her stuff definitely have to check her out i don't think i've read her at all yes yeah, so I, I hadn't really heard of her until yeah i know oh, it is it's so difficult yeah. What about in Gothic literature? Any recommendations there? Because Shadow um, of the Wind had a kind of Gothic feel to it. Well, this is Gothic and it's translated. Um, the Double. I love The Double. Ah, it's God. such a good book. I haven't actually read uh, that one. Honestly, I'm obsessed because like, well, I'm obsessed with doppelgangers and doubles anyway. Yeah. Um, so I did watch I'm, like, the my, movie by, directed by David Owadi. Like, I really like how they how he updated it because I think it's such a kind of it's a story that can be kind of put in any time period. But I think like Dostoevsky's novel works so well because it was written in a time where the Gothic was really kind of prevalent. Yeah, like yeah, I, d- I love the doubles so much because. I just I love uncanny stuff and the and the, the idea of the doppelganger is obviously a really uncanny idea. Um, but which Diawadi's film was good as well because I think like because I, I recently wrote an essay on um, doppelgangers uh, and in my conclusion I was kind of talking about um, the idea of the double in virtual reality and stuff. So we kind of put pictures and selfies of ourselves everywhere and we kind of create ourselves 
an online presence and stuff in different profiles and we kind of create different doppelgangers of ourselves everywhere so I think reading the double you can yeah yeah, like I I really love that idea about how we're kind of replicating ourselves um in Uh, making a better self exactly well you do don't you you kind of present yourself how you would ideally want to be presented yeah and it's kind of like um Galiakin in the double like the the double that comes in is kind of the perfect version of himself so it's an idea that can be stretched kind of through that whole century because it's such a universal idea of the kind of divided mind um it's the american psycho and paul also one because i did it about doppel- doppelgangers in okay. new york city um because obviously i don't remember reading it <laughs> no i can send it i can send it over to you because i talk yeah, a lot i definitely want to check that out yeah um, yeah i have so much you need to publish it, all your stuff i do i'm right, just like cool. i've read so many essays I, know, I need to. I need to write so much more. I'm just trying to struggle with this dissertation at the moment. Yeah, you'll get there. Don't give up. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to give up even though it's killing me. I'll get there. You're never going to be able to start your own literary movement until you've completed your master's, right? Exactly. That's what I'm working towards. My literary movement. Uh, it'll just be the Beats 2.0. Yeah, basically. It would be the Beats or the Surrealist 2.0 because I've not got any original ideas. So blend, blend them all together, have the Brat Pack, yeah. the Beats, and oh, yeah. the Surrealists all merge together. That would be amazing. It would be great. Yeah, I reckon it would be. Well, thank you for well, you being can join. on this. <laughs> I, I would definitely join if you're doing yes. translations. Okay, we'll add some translations in it. That can be it. It can be a translation revolution. And oh, then definitely you can need join. one of those. Yeah, <laughs> I think that should be enough. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. No problem. I had fun. I have millions of book ideas to read with you, so we'll have to pick something a yes. bit more, something that we could probably pull apart a bit better than this because this was very plot driven, yeah. and I don't like rehashing the whole plot. That seems boring. Yeah, I think um, there's a, well, there's a, so much that we've got that we can read, so. We'll figure out and then yeah. like well, what do you mean? Yeah, we'll definitely have to do African Psycho with you. Oh, I definitely. Reckon. I want to read that. I want to read that so bad. So yeah. definitely... And I have a few others that I want to yeah. definitely do with you as well because it's probably in your wheelhouse. Yeah, I've got, I'll, I'll look from the bookshelf and um, see kind of what translated stuff I've got and we'll see if like, yeah. we're both interested in reading them. Yeah. Where can people find you online? My YouTube is just my name, which is Rachel Louise Atkin. And then from there, uh, you can kind of get onto my Twitter um, and my Instagram because both of the handles on that is Rachel Atkin underscore. But yeah, if you want to find my YouTube, everything will be on there. If you want yeah, to well, I'll link them in the show notes as well. Thank you for being here. No right. problem. We'll, we'll do it again. If you want to support Lost in Translations, please go to patreon.com forward slash translations pod and all money there will help support the show. And please remember to subscribe and while subscribing, please rate the show. This will help others find the podcast. All our links to social media are in the show notes and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and Let's See under Translations Pod. Thank you for listening and this has been a Macaulay Flower production.